what it looks like now, how it relates and pertains. And I would say today's teaching, there's, you know, obviously Jesus is in it, but it's, it's probably just like some informational stuff of what it looked like then and, and how things went and how it, how it still looks kind of the same in a lot of ways today. But um, picking up where we left off, you know, uh, last week we left off with um, the apostles being in prison and then the worst jailbreak in the history of the world where they got broke out of jail and, and by an angel and then they went right back to the, where they got busted, right? And then um, because they just, they're, they're new creation at this point, they have the Holy Spirit. And, and so, and not only did they do that, you know, then they go back under fire to the council and, and they just preach the word of God to the council after getting thrown in jail for preaching the word of God. And then, um, and then that interesting part, you guys, of, of I butchered the name, but um, Gamaliel's advice. And this is the Pharisee that is a well-known teacher, you know, as we talked about last week of, um, of the law, the Jewish law. And, and it's interesting, like, I just have this heart, like, I'm just like, man, did Gamaliel get saved? He had, surely he got saved. I don't, it doesn't say that in the Bible at all, but it's just amazing because he had this, he had this wisdom to stand outside of emotion and getting all what caught up with the rest of the council where they're just running on things that is emotion and the things they don't like because it contradicts what they have been believing and maybe what how they live their lives and and he just has this word of wisdom of saying hey look there's been people that have come up in the world and and got some traction in a some kind of a movement and uh it came to nothing and he gave three examples of three different people situations that happened that they all clearly knew about and uh and he goes on to say you know so if this is of god if these guys or if these guys are not of god it'll go away just the same but if they are of god you know he says um it it won't be overthrown and it'll take traction and it'll it'll last forever because you know who can fight against god is what he says so it's interesting right he has this understanding of wisdom and of like experience of kind of giving these guys a shot even though he's still part of the council as far as we know in the scripture he didn't change his life but he didn't say kill him or anything like that you know he kind of calmed the council down and enough to where they just beat him and sent him on their way and then the amazing part of this that we should always remember is they were rejoicing that they were um that they were able to be part of of um, suffering for Jesus, you know, and then they went right back to the temples preaching the word of God. It didn't even slow them down. And so we see that, and we we've been going through it, and we see how, like we talked about last week, of how the the um, God's math is interesting because as He's adding and as He's um, uh, multiplying. He also is taken away. We learned about Ananias and Sapphira, right? Remember that. We don't have to go over all that again. But how they were taken away from the church and at the same time adding. And then you can even back that up. If you think about it, it even started the subtracting part while adding was clear back to Judas, right? That betrayed Jesus. He took him out of what was heading towards to be the body of Christ. And so as that happens... He's adding, he's multiplying, but what we need to remember, though, is he never, ever divides, does he? We don't divide. He, he, it says adds repeatedly, and it says multiplies repeatedly, and it shows taking away, but he never divides. That's, 
That's Satan's job, isn't it? And the more we're in church, and I don't, I, I imagine eventually we might see some of that here in Polina someday because it, you know, it just, it's, we're sinful people and it happens, but you dang sure we've seen it in town. And I almost think maybe Dustin should be giving this sermon a little more than me because just simply because he's had some experience talking with some guys that, and some people that have, have left the church in town over some really just some silly things that um, they just couldn't get over themselves or or um, some different things. And, and he, he the Lord used him to just try to speak in these people's lives. And, and they just kind of, they the Lord even spoke through Dustin in ways that they got, where Dustin got them to a point of saying, well, I'm not, yeah, I, I can't argue with anything that you're saying, just like the disciples did, right? You know, like with the Pharisees, they had, they'll bring the scripture to him like, well, what about this? What about this? And they're like, well, yeah, I can't argue with that, but I still don't like it, so I'm still going to do what I'm going to do. And and those are the things that happen, and and it, it's happened in town. We've seen it repeatedly, and and it's just as the church grows, people don't like it. You know, it's like the church is getting too big, and we we say mega churches are terrible. And but don't we screw up our own stuff? Like that's why things good things go bad because humans screw them up. And so. Um, it's the same thing with mega churches giving a bad name. There's good mega churches. There's there's good churches that are really big that that preach the word of God. And so that's what we're getting into here in chapter six is is all this multiplying and adding and the church getting bigger. And sure enough, what comes up with it? Some division and some complaining is what comes up with it. And um, you know, it's it's just interesting because don't we man? Don't we want I mean, it's okay. I'm not going to like be dogmatic. We we don't want to go to a big church. Like it's, I think it's okay to the feeling of a small church. Like this is pretty, you, this is easy for me, easier for me, you guys, because you guys are just my family. Like I'm just comfortable with you guys, you know, and you get a, a big church and you just don't really have that. So I get the draw and the, the desire for a little church, but it's not like if your church is getting big and it's, it's not speaking heresy and it's speaking truth. Like, is that, I mean, is that really a good enough reason to leave that church when you could be used there? I, w- I would argue probably no, you know. But like I said, I wouldn't hold that. I wouldn't be dogmatic about that. But um, nonetheless, that's what's going on here in chapter six is is um, um, some division, and then we just it's a, it's pretty cool because now is where we're going to start to see the um, the apostles introduce um, like order and um, structure into the church because you guys have got to remember too, when we're talking about mega churches and stuff, like think back as we've been going through this book. Okay. First the day of Pentecost, 3000 were added. Right. And then a little bit later, 2000 were added. And then since then it's been added and multiplied, added and multiplied and very little taken away. This is a huge church. And until chapter six, it's the 11 apostles because the apostle Paul, Saul of Tarsus hasn't hit the scene yet. It's a lot of work and people don't like the mega churches and sometimes have bad tastes about it because they say, well, it's not personal enough. I don't get to have a one-on-one relationship with a pastor. And um, not that Prineville is a huge church by any means, but you do see that where, and you kind of hear some murmuring like, and it's, it's okay. It's good. But people like wanting Rory and wanting, but he's like, he's one guy. There's enough people there. He like, I'm not saying he's not friends with everybody, but he cannot like be on, with everybody, like, how would he ever get anything done? He would be divorced and whatever else because, it, like, he would have no time for his family. He would have no time for his kids. It would be insane. So we, 
so what I'm, we're getting at here is the structure part of why it's necessary that we have structure in a church, that we have pastors that are the leaders of the flock, very clear, and then we have you know elders, which are pastors and um, teachers, and then deacons and so on and so forth. We can you see in Timothy um, a very good description of that, and. Um, so just like be keeping that stuff in your mind as we go through this, as you kind of try to put yourself in the in the situation and in the story. Um, so uh, let's get into it. Verse one in chapter six of Acts. Now in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said. It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer, to the ministry of the word. So right out of the gate, We're already talking about multiplying again, aren't we? The numbers of the disciples was multiplying. And then here comes the complaint. So let's get the the picture of the context here because the complaint was against the Hebrews. The complaint was by the Hellenists. Okay, so Hebrews and Hellenists. Hebrews were just the Jews, Christ-believing Jews that that lived in this situation. The Christ-believing Jews that lived in Israel, that, that lived by, just like Jesus, the Hebrew language, um, they, they studied the Hebrew um, scripture, and, and they, were, they were the locals, let's say. Okay, now you have the Hellenists. The Hellenists were Jews as well, but they were, they were you know, from forever now, the Israel, the Jews have been scattered all over the place. And if we, I don't know if you guys remember, way back to a teaching we did a while ago of talking about Alexander the Great that pretty much conquered the known world in that time or prior to this in that um, 400 year period between the Old Testament and the New Testament and spread Greek um, culture throughout most of the world. And so these are all the, the Jews that believed in Christ that were from all over the world, you know, all over, I don't know, the world, I don't know, all over the outside areas, not from Israel. They were not locals. And so you can see it in this situation in the church where the Hebrews were the locals, the Hellenists weren't, and so the Hebrews were like, you guys are below us, you're not, you're not the locals. Like, I remember back in school when the new kid would come to school, like, my, my friends grew up there, our parents grew up there, and the new kid would show up, and it was like, it was pretty rough for them. Like, they just, they didn't have it easy, you know, until they proved themselves or whatever. It's the same kind of situation. I'm, you got, I'm sure you guys have seen that stuff. I always had a heart for them and was very, very nice and loving and would fight for them. <laughs> Not funny. That wasn't a joke, you guys. That was serious. Um, so um, that's the difference. So you guys understand what was going on there. And so anyways, it was the Hellenist widows that um, they were being neglected in the daily distribution. And in that culture, when... Um, widows, their husband, they lost their husband or whatever, and their children wouldn't or didn't or didn't have any children to take care of them. The church, that was the start of this in the church where they would, they were like, hey, we need to take care of these widows. And so 
there was they would come to get food or money or whatever it was that was distributed from the church so that they could survive or they would literally die right and so it's interesting because they would um the the widows they would do that but then so they would just spend the rest of their lives serving the church you know it's like the, the church taking care of me so in some capacity they would spend the rest of their lives just at the church serving the church because they had nothing else it makes sense i'm sure they even wanted to you know and um and you guys notice that like it was the i mean i didn't say this the bible says it but it was like the women that caused the problem here i mean i'm just saying i'm not saying the bible's saying so think about it courtney anyways uh forgot where i was at because i'm shaking right now so um they see this problem the 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 12 disciples in verse 2 they summoned the multitude of the disciples and said you know it is not desirable that we should leave the word of god and serve tables so let's understand here you guys as we go that the the disciples at this point they were just everybody that believed in jesus and lived for jesus they were learners they were just students we had they weren't apostles right because the apostles lived with jesus learned from jesus and then the or the apostles they were, they were the individuals that were sent out to start the churches, to lead people, the pastors, right? We, under, we get how that was because they're the ones teaching and all of the, these, the multitudes which were disciples that wanted to know Jesus. And so they, they talk to him and they say, you know, hey, it's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and, and serve these tables. Well, they're not belittling like, I'm too good, I'm a pastor, I know, you know, this is someone else's work, I can't hand, you know, I don't need to handle it, I'm above this. That wasn't the case at all. We remember that the, the apostles, their, their lives have been changed, they're filled with the Holy Spirit now. They, they're not, no longer are they squabbling over who's highest in rank, that, that's all gone now. They have this heart and this love, but they, for the people, for God, but the deal is, is that they, um, they just understand that, they can't do it all. Remember how many people we just talked about are added to the church at this point? Like, they're just, they're, it's wisdom. They're like, we can't do this. We don't have time to do this. We have to concentrate. And if you just kind of take out verse three and go right to verse four, um, just like roll from two to four, you see it says like, um, but we will give ourselves continually, I mean, nonstop to prayer, to the ministry of the word. Just saying like they had a full-time job studying the word, knowing the word, not getting off track. They understood that they were sinners and it, the Satan was constantly pulling at them because they weren't perfect either. So it was that big of a deal to just stay at knowing the word of God and teaching the people. If you guys remember in James chapter 3 where it talks about you should not want to be a pastor or, or a teacher because you are held at a higher account come judgment day if you bring people to, if you don't bring people to the Lord, if you don't give your life to this and study and know the word. Like there's, there's some serious issues if, if you're not doing that correctly. So, you know, they, they know this and understand it. Okay, they, they just, the point is of this, they just understood, all right, hey, it's time to set up some structure to the church. Okay, so they say to the, to the people, they say, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, who may whom we may appoint over this business. So this is a good thing because it's not like they say, um, hey, whoever wants to be 
can be. Whoever wants to to take care of anything this week, they can be um, carers of the the welfare deal. And I don't mean that welfare is today. Like it was a welfare system for the for the widows. Um, and next week you can be a pastor. Next week you can be whatever. You know there was this structure here, and so um, they 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 send them out. Like you guys among your people, you know your people. Go look, see who you can find that you know, seven men that have good reputation. So good reputation, right? It's going to be someone that they already know and have been around, has been in their circles and have already been doing these things of living for the Lord, right? They're fair. They're just. They're honest, right? They're not hypocrites. That's the last person you want to be controlling the money and the distribution of the funds of the church and the things of the church. Okay. And so he, he, the apostles are, they're smart about it. They're like, here, you guys bring them to me and we'll decide. But don't forget that part about where we're staying in prayer and we're staying in the word, but he says, we'll decide. You know that they're seeking the Lord and whoever the people bring to them. And hey, and plead, plead your case. Let's see. Are you all these these attributes attributes that you need to um, that you need to be? And so, as it goes on, it says that this person, these people, these men also need to be full of the Holy Spirit. We've been learning about overflowing with the Holy Spirit continually, and and we know when, as we read the Bible that we you'll be known by your fruits, right? The fruit of God when God lives in you, the Holy Spirit, it comes out of you. So these people are going to know who to pick. And who to bring to um, the the uh, apostles? Okay, and I like this part. It says, you know, good reputation and all these things you can think of of having a good reputation. And then it says, full of the Holy Spirit, which you can just like keep stacking on there. He's got to be some good dudes, right? Um, and he's obvious, but then it throws in there and wisdom. And I'm just like I studying about this and listening to these these guys talk and on the same subject and it just came up over and over of the difference between being smart and having wisdom. Isn't there a difference between being smart and having wisdom? And I say that because think back to Gamaliel. Didn't didn't we see this guy that obviously was smart? He had all kinds of PhDs. He was this trusted guy in the law, but he had wisdom. It wasn't quite for Christ, but it was wisdom to say, look, if this is of the Lord, who are we to fight against God? But if it's not, it's going to go away. Quit running off your emotions and stuff. Like, so the difference between smart and wisdom. You know, like, this is totally from the Lord as it, the, the church is being structured in the, in the beginning of the church, right? And then, um, and then as, as we said, whom we may appoint over this business. Um, verse 4, we kind of already read it, but I'll hit it up again. But we will give ourselves continually prayer to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. And Philip, and I want someone else to read these names. Pro, Procreus, Nic, Nicanor, Nicanor. Tim, Timon, that's off of Lion King. <laughs> Puma is the next one. Um, Paramenas and Nicholas, a uh, proselyte from Antioch. 
um, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Okay, you guys, like, it just gets better as we go through this because the interesting thing is you, <coughs> Stephen and all those other names that are in the Lion King, all of these guys were all Greeks. They were all Hellenists. So it was pretty smart. They're not going to go say, the Hellenists are having this issue in the church and they're complaining about it. And then they're going to like, all right, we'll fix it. We're going to send some of our Hebrew guys that are neglecting them. That should fix everything. I don't, you know, right? We can see how that's not going to work. So it's, you, you can just see this whole way through this. The Holy Spirit is leading the apostles in leading this church. And they bring these guys in that have all these attributes, obviously, but are also of the same people group that is having the problem. So let's read really quick. Let's go to uh, 1 Timothy, maybe it is. 1 Timothy. Um, yeah. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 7 through 13. And so this is just like the qualifications, a little bit of, um, of bishops, and then it really goes into the qualifications of deacons. And so this just gives us an idea and paints a picture of, of the guys that these guys are that we just, that we just named. And so in Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 7. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside lest he fall into the, to reproach and the snare of the devil. Likewise, deacons must be reverent, not double-tongued, not given too much mind, wine, not greedy for money, good place for this person that's going to be taking care of the, the distribution of the church wealth, um, holding the ministry of the faith with a pure conscience, but let these also first be tested, then let them serve as deacons, being found blameless. Likewise, their wives must be reverent, Courtney, uh, not slanderers, temperate, faithful in all things, Courtney. Let deacons be of, uh, let deacons be the husbands of one wife. Really? <laughs> there will be no back talk. We're getting to that. The Bible says it. Anyhow, um, let deacons be the husbands. Of one wife, ruling their children in their own house, house as well. For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a good standing and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. That ending part is pretty key there, isn't it, you guys, as we're thinking about this? We're talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. So that's who these guys were. That's who they picked out. And it's, um, you know, right here it starts out with, with Stephen, and, it, you know, it just talks about, how um, he's a man that's full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. And as we know, the book of Acts, we're just about to get into um, Stephen being the first martyr of the church. Okay, but is it interesting that, so Stephen's role, Stephen's job, Stephen's calling that is um, prayed about, that is chose by the people, you know, and then decided by the apostles, his role is to feed the widows. Woohoo! That sounds incredible, doesn't it? That's a that's a pretty amazing job. And what we can take away from this, you guys, is like we all need to be the body, right? We all need to we need to understand and want to know what our gifts are, and understand that the Lord is capable of giving us more than one gift, so that we can be used and have a strong, healthy body and help 
the structure of the church and so that it can just move like a well-oiled machine, right? And so he uses Stephen among these other guys. And, um, and we'll, even, we'll even hear more about Philip and Stephen, but we, we don't ever hear again about these other guys as, as we go through the scripture. Um, and so they set, them, they set these guys before the apostles and they laid hands on them. And it's, it's again, it's funny because like when they, when they laid hands on them, it was like a public thing of ordaining them that this is their job. Back to the, they, they're in charge of the welfare program. Why is it, if it's that big of a deal, like why did they do it publicly? Lay hands on them. Because it was a big deal, because every piece and part of the church, everybody's gift, everybody's job is important. Okay? And um, that's why they did it, and that's why they did it publicly. In verse 7, it goes on to say, Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly. This is again and again and again. Everything that happens, we're talking multiplying. Mega church, for sure. Um, uh, multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Okay, this, this was such a big deal and just everything God was doing and everything Satan was doing, think about that. At the same time, Satan's trying to counter everything God's doing and trying to destroy it and slow God down. God's just doing, like, things are just being further. More people are added and more people are added. And so much so, you guys, that these Jewish priests were being saved. So I'm hoping Gamaliel's in that. Maybe he is. <laughs> um, again, that's me. That's not in here, obviously. So, um, verse 8. We're going to finish up here. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. This part sometimes is taught in this section and sometimes it's not. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty relevant to, to finish on this part because we're talking about, as we, as we look at what we learned today, we're talking about you know, not dividing as a church. God does not divide. God keeps us together and keeps us strong by us using gifts, by wanting to be used, no matter what it is. So we have Stephen that has this job that really doesn't seem super important taking care of the, of the widows. And what does it say in verse 8? And this is because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Full of faith and power did great wonders and signs among the people. The guy that had this little job that was a deacon, right? Like you think of pastors and you know elders or whatever because they're the teachers getting all the credit and doing all the work as far as people like, no, not at all. These are just, these are just guys that, that had these attributes that we just read in Timothy that were filled with the Holy Spirit that these fruits were coming out of. And so they, just, they were happy to serve any way they could serve God. And then God used them more. It wasn't their only gift just to serve the, the widows. He, Stephen ended up being the first martyr. Right here it says he did all these signs and wonders. And then back that up to seven. Then the word of God spread because of all of this stuff we're talking about. So as we do these things and, and we want the Lord to live in us and overflow out of us and we want these attributes that, the God, that God gives us so we can be seen as righteous. And I think it's in like 1 John where it says it three times right in a row of like practicing righteousness 
we are seen as righteous to God. We will be used, His kingdom will be furthered. We've got to remember the church, you know, um, the church is a, is a living organism, right? An organism is something that is alive and reproduces. Our church should be reproducing, should be, you know, bringing more people in. It's, we're okay that the churches grow and get bigger when it's for Christ. And what we need to just leave with, you guys, one of the things we can leave with today, and Dustin, you can come up if you want, um, if you have another song, um, is calling, you guys. So, like, if we call ourselves Christians, we're called to tell everybody about Jesus. We're called to... uh, be a little weird, like we talked about last week. A little crazy. A little. little. Because we got to do it amongst people that don't want to be around us. And if we're super weird, we don't get, we're not going to be around. Right? So a little bit weird. Like, that's what God... If we're called Christians, we're called to do these things. We're called to pray together. We're called to fast. We're called to love each other, whether we're a local or not a local. Um, that's, what the, that's what the Lord would have for us as we... Um, as we learn about the, the church, the birth of the church, and what it looked like then. And you guys can see that it's not too different than it is today in a lot of ways, which is awesome because everything that has happened under the sun like, is no shocker new to God. You know, and we've got that to run to right here when we need help with it.